last year or so, it became apparent that, that COVID-19 patients, uh, after they are being released from the hospital, um, that they've lost quite a bit of muscle mass. And even though many of these COVID patients are overweight when they enter the hospital or the uh, intensive care unit, uh, they are still undernourished. Welcome to the Leiden Bioscience Park podcast, where we talk about what the organizations in Leiden do to beat COVID. From vaccines to food, we discuss all the different initiatives right here in this podcast. My name is Joep van der Neerenbeemt and with me is Hans Stanke, now retired but a renowned scientist in the field of molecular cell biology at the Leiden University Medical Center. Together, we will interview scientists, entrepreneurs and innovators. We won't stop asking questions until we found out what COVID is exactly, what it does to our bodies, and what our guests are doing to battle this pandemic. As Corona progresses, we learn more and more about it. We have a better understanding of the risk groups, why some people are affected more than others. COVID's hit some people far harder. People are reporting to be out of breath for a long period and say their physical condition deteriorates tremendously. Some of these effects seem to stem from diets, but today we learned that a diet could also help you in the recovery from COVID. With us is Rijn Strijker, an entrepreneur who developed a medical nutrition. Rijn Strijker did his PhD in molecular biology at Groningen University. He then went to the US to work at Genentech San Francisco and returning to the Netherlands, he was involved in one of the first biotech startups, GenFarm, later called Farming. He then was the CEO of his own company, DNH, focusing as one of the first on aging. At present, he is the CEO of Vital Next. Rijn is an entrepreneur in biotech, Pursang, and we are delighted to have him today. Welcome, Rijn. Great to be here. Thank you. Ryan, tell me a little bit, bit about your product. I, I don't think you've developed it specifically for COVID, have you? No, not at all. Uh, we developed it for uh, people interested in healthy aging, elderly people. Um, and as Hans already mentioned in the introduction, my previous company dealt with aging, which is a very important subject if you think about health and, uh, and disease. Um, and in my previous company, we developed therapeutics for aging diseases. And in retrospect, that was not such a brilliant idea because many of these aging diseases really deal with degeneration, go on for a long time, um, and involve uh, things like uh, lifestyle, nutrition, etc. So if you want to deal with aging and, and healthy aging, you have to look at these aspects as well. And, and so when I started thinking about it, it became apparent to me that one of the big issues in aging is, uh, is malnutrition, undernutrition. So people start to lose muscle mass when they get older. Um, in fact, it starts very early. I mean, many top athletes are not older than 35 because at that point in your life, it's difficult to keep up sufficient muscle mass and muscle function. And that's okay, but if you get really old, let's say over 65 or 70, uh, that often becomes a problem. And when I started to look at this in 2012, 2013, 
I had not realized that the problem was so big. In fact, if you look at in the Netherlands and in many other European countries, people receiving home care, um, of those people, about 35% are undernourished. So they do lose muscle mass or lose weight. Uh, but losing weight is not a big problem. Losing muscle mass, that's the problem. And, uh, and if you lose muscle mass or muscle function, you automatically uh, run into other problems. You're more prone to infectious diseases. Your mobility deteriorates. You have a higher risk of falls. All kinds of problems. And, uh, and so you need to deal with that. And, and the, the best way to deal with increasing muscle mass is exercise. Uh, but that is sometimes difficult. Uh, Ryan, you, you, you say 35%. That's, yeah. that's an enormous number. Uh, is, is it right that people not always realize the consequence of that? Yeah, it's, uh, are, are they aware of the fact that... It's, uh, that yeah. huh? it's underdiagnosed. It, in fact, the, uh, uh, the more people suffer from that than they realize. And in fact, but that's not really based on scientific grounds, but if you go to a nursing home, uh, people generally are older than 80, I think the percentage may be even higher than 35. It's a, it's a huge issue. Um, and over the last several years, it has become more apparent in uh, also for medical professionals that this is an issue. I mean, 20, 25 years ago, uh, it was often considered as something that comes with age and uh, you know, nothing you can do about it. But that's not true. I mean, if you diagnose it early enough, there are things you can do. Um, exercise is always good, but if you, if you cannot do that, then you have to apply the proper nutrition that really stimulates uh, muscle growth. So you need nutrition that, that covers all the ingredients that you need, like vitamins and minerals and everything else. But there are also ingredients in nutrition that really stimulate muscle growth. And that is specific uh, about your product? And that's specific about our product. So we, um, so there are, of course, products already on the market for these types of patients. And, and they are very good products, products in terms of quality and everything else. Um, but they only, quote unquote, uh, provide complete nutrition, but do not specifically target muscle growth mm. or muscle function. Let, let's take that a little further, um, because if I switch on the television, uh, I have a big chance that there is an advertisement for uh, pill this and pill that and vitamin here, and I see athletes and, you know, you, you know these commercials. Mm -hmm. um, is it fair to say that your product is science-based, you have evidence that it really works? Uh, what's the difference between these commercials and the, the product that you make? Yeah, well, see, my background is molecular biology and developing pharmaceuticals, so that's the, almost the only thing I know. So if I develop something like this, that's the way I do it. And, and also, I happen to think that's the right way to do it. So if you develop a product that's supposed to help people get a better health, you need to document it. Uh, I mean, to you that may sound obvious, but that's not always obvious. Uh, so that's what we did. So we uh, went, of course, into the literature, uh, tried to see you know, what had people tried, what did not work, uh, what had some promise and whatnot. So we did a lot of that type of research and then you know, went into the lab and you know, tried several things, including many things that did not work. 
but at some point came up with a composition, a product with a composition that on the one hand complied with all the guidelines that you have uh, for this type of nutrition and on the other hand um, seemed to have a positive effect on muscle growth and muscle function. And then the next step was to do preclinical experiments just as you do with a pharmaceutical development. Uh, in our case, mice that were undernourished. Uh, yeah, the various control groups, dose-response curves, uh, try to look at mode of action, look at uh, gene expression profiles, etc., etc. Uh, up to the point that we believe we had something and then did a randomized uh, clinical trial where we compared our product in undernourished patients with a standard of care mm -hmm. in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. And, and in pharmaceutical terms, you would probably call it a phase two trial. Um, so it was blinded uh, for the patients, but not blinded for the uh, for the people who treated them, because the products smell different, look different. It's that's different. almost impossible to do. Almost that. impossible to well, blind. What what um, what was the age of this group? Was was it specifically the elderly people, or yeah. also? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So inclusion criterion was sixty five years or older. And the average age appeared, uh, happened to be about 74.5 years and, age. And what were the results? Well, the results were that these people were treated for 12 weeks with this uh, product as a supplement to the normal diet. So they received 600 kilocals of this product uh, in the absence of exercise. So we actually told people not to do extra exercise, but you know, live the life that they normally live. And we actually measured that, so we know that these people had a very low activity level. And then basically measured what happened in terms of weight, uh, muscle, fat, muscle function. But we also took muscle biopsies and looked at the gene expression profiles uh, in these muscle tissue before okay. and after. But you also did say, uh, um an exercise where you put these people on a, on a running band. No, and, no, uh, no, 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 no. So no. it was in fact a, a sort of diagnostic test, imaging or, or, or a lab test? Yeah, yeah, it was an imaging test. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, uh, so th that's a, uh, there are ways to be able via Röntgen methods where you and can measure it. And I'm curious, um, did the feel, did the people feel better if, if you gave this supplement? What was their own idea? Um, no, no. Well, we did not investigate that. Uh, we that did would not. be interesting. Yeah, yeah. See, like every trial, you know, when it's done, you say, "Oh, we should have done this." And <laughs> but in, in in general, people felt well. And but it also had to do with the fact that these people were visited every week hmm. by a student. This was done in Bach in the Netherlands, so they got a lot of attention. Yes. In fact. That's a sort of anecdotal thing, but the results of the control product uh, were actually better than the supply of the product, you know, uh, report itself, yeah. uh, up to 50% better. And and I'm convinced that it had to do with the fact that these patients got a lot of attention, you know, really helped with things. Uh, you know, that that you know, it's it's difficult to underestimate the relevance of that. Yes, but, but the, the, wait, 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 Hans, because we interrupted you before you could give your final answer, because I still don't know if the muscle mass actually grew or not. Yes. So what we found is that the um, all, all people added weight mm -hmm. in the study during the 12 weeks, including people on the control product. 
but the amount of weight that was added at a different muscle fat ratio than in the control group in fact was two and a half times higher oh, than in the control group that's significant it was really significant and also muscle function as measured by walking test um, was significantly different between the two groups where our product had a higher muscle fat ratio and a better muscle function and and so let me ask you a bit of a strange question why are you not selling this to bodybuilders because it sounds like a, a good way to, to to grow your body without too much effort instead yeah. of these uh, these uh, very bad hormones well see true bodybuilders like these bad hormones in fact <laughs> when i started this whole project yeah, i thought what i really should do for these people is give them sports nutrition and hormones mm-hmm. yeah. testosterone and etc i mean that works like crazy uh, but it's also quite toxic and so you should not do that in, uh, in, in regular patients in fact there's one other uh, result of this study that i have not mentioned so we saw a higher muscle fat ratio we saw a better muscle function but when we looked at the gene profiles of these muscle tissues um, we actually found a very interesting thing. We gave it to a fellow in the uh, University of Amsterdam, and you know, we did not tell him what it was except muscle tissue. Uh, and, and 10 out of the 10 uh, pathways that were upregulated significantly, the 10 top ones, all had to do with mitochondrial pathways. Okay. So you know, we are quite convinced that mitochondrial function is really affected by our product, which would explain the better uh, muscle function. Was there a difference between female and male? No. Okay. No. no. Because the reason I'm asking is uh, both have a totally different uh, uh, hormone background and that could have an influence. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we are aware of that, and, uh, but we, we could not uh, find yeah. it. No. So how does the product look? Are we talking about uh, the, 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 the design a specific banana? or? Uh? No, well, that's another thing that we realize is that you know, one of the reasons why current products are not extremely effective is that people don't like them. Uh, the patient compliance is, is uh, quite low and depending on who you believe it, it it's always below 50%. So more than half of the products prescribed uh, are not taken. Uh, and that has to do with taste. And we actually did quite a few taste experiments and, and, and one conclusion that we found was sort of to be expected, namely the taste difference, <laughs> differs between people. Uh, but the other interesting thing is that taste uh, sensation also differs within one person from day to day. So one day you like, you know, sweet and you like to, you know, like the banana taste, but after a few days you're fed up with it and you like something else. So what we did finally is develop a powder that was as neutral in taste as possible. I mean, it contains some B vitamins, so there's always a little bit of taste, but as neutral as possible so that people can mix it with the with their favorite food or drink. Could you tell us a little bit what is in it? You, you mentioned uh, vitamins. Yeah. yeah. What well, else? Well, it contains uh, proteins, uh, and the composition of proteins is important. Uh, so we use milk proteins, but the, 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 the ratio between casein proteins and whey proteins is important. Uh, it contains extra uh, amino acid, particularly branched amino acids, uh, leucine, but also isoleucine and phalin. It contains the maximum amount of vitamin D that is allowed. 
and it contains ursonic acid and that's a, uh, a molecule that over the last two years or so has increased a little bit in popularity also amongst bodybuilders mm -hmm. because there's mounting evidence that it affects uh, muscle mass and we realized that six seven years ago already and, and that that also has an effect and so it's this combination of products or ingredients that uh, that that seem to do the trick we we talked about the taste and uh, and the acceptance by the uh, individuals but it's also the acceptance by the medical world how how do they look at it or uh, are they very skeptical and say oh another food addict what what's the reaction from the medical world um the well there are two important trends in the medical world one is that that, that medical professionals start to more and more appreciate the relevance of nutrition. I remember one of the first discussions I had with a medical professional in Germany, actually. He said, you know, nutrition, of course, is important, but it's like fuel. And you need fuel for your car. It does not really matter whether you use Shell or BP. Um, and, and that is changing. You know, also, medical professionals start to realize that nutrition the composition of nutrition has an impact on biological activity. Um, so that's one element. And the other element is that um, physicians and dietitians realize that current medical nutrition is simply not good enough. So people add a little bit of weight, but they don't like it. Uh, they don't get stronger. Um, so it's not, it's not ideal. The, the medical nutrition is always on the basis of prescription, huh? Yeah. Uh, in, the, in, the in the Netherlands, it's based on prescription. Uh, in the United States, for instance, it's no. over the counter. Uh, in the United States, you you buy everything over the counter. <laughs> Go to the drugstore. Including guns. And, but here guns, is everything. <laughs> yeah. But here it is prescribed. And in fact, it's um, uh, our product is reimbursed by all the health insurers. Oh, that's an important point. Yeah. So they looked at the data, looked at the composition, and decided that that is good enough to be included in the, uh, mm -hmm. in the reimbursement schemes. So for our listeners, um, we, we, this podcast is about COVID. And yeah. for the last 15 minutes, we've talked about your product. And, and uh, I started with the question that you did not develop this for COVID. But I, I'm intrigued why, yeah, I know why I invited you, but I, I'd like you to elaborate a little bit. What does this have to do with COVID? Yeah, well, as you rightly pointed out, it was not something we had realized seven or eight years ago. <laughs> In fact, we only looked at the uh, at elderly, but then it became apparent that these are not the only people suffering from muscle loss. Uh, it became quite clear early on that in certain cancers, but also in COPD patients and psychiatric disease patients, um, this is actually a problem. And over the last year or so, it became apparent that, that COVID-19 patients, uh, after they are being released from the hospital, um, that they've lost quite a bit of muscle mass. And even though many of these COVID patients are overweight, when they enter the hospital or the uh, intensive care unit, uh, they are still undernourished. And that has to do at least with the immobility and perhaps some other factors as well. I, I'm, I'm not sure, but at least they lose weight and lose muscle mass. Oh. Losing weight for them is most cases okay, but losing muscle mass, that's a big issue. Uh, and, and you see and hear all these terrible cases where you know, people can hardly walk 
uh, when they come home and need a long time of rehabilitation. Of course, it's a vicious circle eh, because man many of the uh, COVID patients have overweight already. And if they lose muscle function, then, then it gets dramatic because Absolutely. they're already too heavy and Absolutely. can't walk at all. Yeah, yeah, and, 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 and many overweight patients, and I should be careful not to generalize too much, but many overweight patients are overweight because of an unhealthy diet and in fact are undernourished in, in many respects. Yeah. Ah, so Call it improper nourished, in yeah, fact. Yeah, yeah. yeah so they, they eat a lot, but they don't take enough of the good substances. Yeah, yeah. of course, it's not true for everybody, but, of but, but in general for overweight patients that, that happens quite a bit. But for COVID patients um, that, that leave the ICU or leave the hospital, um, in many, many cases, uh, they lost too much muscle. Uh, which then translates into reduced muscle function, difficulty in activity and moving around, etc. And so again, they need to do exercise, and that's what they do, what they are prescribed, but they also need proper nutrition. So are the COVID patients already using your uh, nutrition? Uh, yeah, that, I mean, our product has just entered the market a few months ago, and the first COVID patients are being treated with our medical So the Leiden University Medical Center, if they uh, release the patients, they could advise to take your product? Yeah, at least, yeah, they could do that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Perhaps a very interesting switch, uh, and now again, not to COVID, but to other patients, there are many neuromuscular diseases. Yeah. Uh, there are serious muscular diseases. Uh, are you considering uh, uh, also testing your product in, in this group of patients? Yeah. No, fortunately, most of these uh, diseases are rare, fortunately, but it, it could give a little help. Yeah. yeah, not only considering we're actually doing that, um, not in controlled trials, I should add, but for instance, there are a few uh, Duchenne patients that take the product. Um, uh, we are talking to a few ALS patients. Huh. Um, and I, you know, this, of course, is a quite a different problem than undernutrition and, and you know, mm -hmm. insufficient exercise. So I really don't know whether it will work or not. Um, but you know, at least it's worth a try. Yeah. Yeah. And, then, and then one other group of patients that is of course quite related to COVID uh, are patients that are in rehabilitation yeah. centers. Uh, or revalidation centers, depending on... Rusik, uh, for instance, is a large one. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So those are patients that we are now also testing the product in uh, through our distribution partner that has access to these uh, patients. Yeah. Sounds good. Yes, and and if there's anybody listening and and who has had COVID uh, and might feel exhausted still or or feel the effects of uh, muscle loss, how would they obtain your product? Well. It's on prescription basis, so you have to go to the dietitian and explain the problem. And the dietitian will then prescribe the product. Okay. And, and not the, you can't go to the general practitioner. It has to be a dietitian. You can go to the general practitioner, uh, but some insurance companies you know, want the product to be prescribed by a dietitian um, for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Um, I've learned... A tremendous amount about food, about um, malnutrition, about what to eat and what not to eat, and, and how you can recover from COVID. Um, I, 
I don't have any further questions, Hans. No, um, really some eye-openers. Uh, what you could do with, uh, you know, a careful uh, uh, test on, on certain ingredients and testing this in vitro, testing this in mouse studies, and then doing the first trials, sounds very convincing. For, for me, it's an extremely important argument that uh, it's on prescription and that it is covered by the insurance companies. And that's a big difference with all these, uh, what I call, uh, fake commercials on a <laughs> pill here and a pill there. Yeah. Um, it was very uh, convincing. Uh, uh, and uh, Joop and I like to thank you very much for discussing with us and being here today. Thank you very much, Ryan. You're most welcome. Thank you.